Want more of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Josh Scanlon podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. Legislation, how it's done. I'm going to show you a blast from the past from the when Reagan signed the Social Security Reform Act in 1983 with Tip O'Neill at his side, Howard Baker as well. It's awesome. Uh, Tip O'Neill was the liberals liberal from uh, Massachusetts. Dan Rostenkowski was the House Ways and Means chairman from Illinois, Chicago. I mean, these are not uh, right wingers by any stretch of the imagination. Howard Baker was a, the uh, majority leader in the Senate as a Republican now. But he's the one who actually told Nixon, you don't have any support. He's the one who basically told Nixon to get out of Dodge. And then, of course, Ronald Reagan. I just when you watch this video or listen to it, you're just like, man. And then hearing Tip O'Neill uh, talk about making America great or who made America great. <laughs> it just cracked me up. We need this, man. We need bipartisan Social Security. The, the two of the most trying issues of our time were abortion, uh, Roe v. Wade, because that was not passed legislatively. And, and the sad thing was, I mean, uh, the the legal the legality of abortion was already being felt through state by state. Reagan signed the legalization of abortion in California, and Reagan did. It wasn't Jerry Brown, Pat Brown. It was Reagan. So that was happening, and then the Supreme Court kind of got in there and, and put a, a hurting on the the legal the legislative process. That that just is they shouldn't be doing that. Um, What's the other one? Oh, and then uh, the Affordable Care Act. I mean, that was done legislatively. And I, hey, I get nothing but credit to Obama. But if he, when it's not done bipartisanly, and uh, it, it creates a lot of ill will. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the tax cut that Trump just passed wasn't done bipartisanly either. Bipartisanly, is that the right word? And, and anytime it's not done bipartisanly, that's, or again, if that's not the right word, I apologize. That, that, that poses problems because you're not getting uh, both sides to the table. Um, and that's not good. Uh, Clinton passed uh, Social Security reform in 1993 as well. There's no Republicans on board for that. I don't know how many Republicans signed on to that. Actually, I don't know. I'm not sure that's good. I, I don't know. I just know uh, Clinton had both uh, houses of Congress at that point. So I, I'm not sure how many did. But see, this is why bipartisanship is because you know easy for when Clinton raising taxes on, uh, on Social Security, which it needed to be done. It's easy for Republicans to say, I don't want anything to do with that so I can go run to my district. I'm not going to raise taxes on Social Security. Um, and so the 1983 bill was, was good as an example of what uh, a legislation um, can happen to accomplish to solidify Social Security. Now we're right back here again, and uh, my man Dustin talking about the uh, the Larson uh, twenty one hundred. Look, there's some things there I don't like. I don't like the fourth uh, bend point being five percent, and I'm not going to get to that now. But I don't think that's fair. I think that's 
and frankly, I think that'd be bad. And we, you know, in terms of saying, hey, at the end of the day, we're going to get rid of the caps on, on earners. But once you hit a certain uh, threshold, you go from 90% to 32% to 15% to, to 5%. I, I mean, I get what's going on there. I don't like it. If that's the worst thing that ever happened, I'm all about it. Got raised payroll tax. They're going to raise it for both sides, the employer and the employee, which is which is it's actually the fairest tax there is because they're saying if you're working, your company's going to pay basically one half one percent more, and you are too. So you're not basically saying we're only going to tax these guys. We're taxing everybody because everybody benefits. I absolutely think that's the way to go. Um, indexing the earnings for taxation as well. So that means less and less of your earnings uh, will be subject to taxation. I think that's absolutely incredibly important. And they're going to raise the threshold. I, I forgot what they said. Huge, huge deal. So lots of good stuff in there, even though I think Larson, I'm sure it's a Democrat proposal. But I think uh, if Republicans were smart in this regard, uh, they'd run with that absolute fact. They should own it, own it uh, frankly, is what they should do. Um, but either way, I don't care. It's bipartisan is what we need to do. So I'm going to show you the Reagan speech. Uh, it's from the Reagan Library. Uh, it's uh, what's called Creative Commons, which means you can use it as well as long as you give attributions to uh, uh, to the Reagan. I think it's the Reagan Library, but I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes. You'll see the whole thing. So enjoy. Let this be an example of what we need to happen and easily could happen for sure. Um as much as it's crazy to say, it sounds like Pelosi is the level-headed one on the Democratic side now, which which is mind-boggling, actually. Um, and there's not that many left on the Senate side for the Democrats that seem to be more level-headed, which is uh, which is crazy because uh, the Senate is usually the place where you get the more middle-of-the-road people because there's no gerrymandering. But it seems like Pelosi, uh, she, I mean, we shall see. But uh, I, I mentioned from Dem from West Virginia. Um, I bet Schumer would probably do something. I bet Schumer probably would. I don't think Dick Durbin would. I bet Schumer probably would. So you got Schumer, Manchin. You get a couple other guys in there, ladies. Um, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know. But I, I bet Schumer probably do something there. Feinstein, the older school uh, Democrats, I bet they probably would. Um, Angus King from Maine. Maine, uh, the poorer states, uh, Maine is one of them. The, they need Social Security fixes, something wicked, because many, many, many of those people rely on it. I bet he would do something for sure. I don't think Elizabeth Warren would. Anyone's run for president, I don't think would, but uh, I think the others would. And I think there's a huge opportunity for bipartisanship here, and I, and I hope they take it. So watch this video. If you're on the podcast, listen to it, and I think you'll like what you see. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Thank you all very much. Please sit down if you can. <laughs> well, I, I want to extend to all of you a very warm welcome. Something ought to be warm, <laughs> but it's especially fitting that so many of us from so many different backgrounds, young and old, the working and the retired, Democrat and Republican, should come together for the signing of this landmark legislation. 
This bill demonstrates for all time our nation's ironclad commitment to Social Security. It assures the elderly that America will always keep the promises made in troubled times a half a century ago. It assures those who are still working that they too have a pact with the future. From this day forward, they have our pledge that they will get their fair share of benefits when they retire. And this bill assures us of one more thing that is equally important. It's a clear and dramatic demonstration that our system can still work when men and women of goodwill join together to make it work. Just a few months ago, there was legitimate alarm that Social Security would soon run out of money. On both sides of the political aisle, there were dark suspicions that opponents from the other party were more interested in playing politics than in solving the problem. But in the 11th hour, a distinguished bipartisan commission appointed by House Speaker O'Neill, by Senate Majority Leader Baker, and by me, began to find a solution that could be enacted into law. Political leaders of both parties set aside their passions and joined in that search. The result of these labors in the Commission and the Congress are now before us, ready to be signed into law, a monument to the spirit of compassion and commitment that unites us as a people. Today, all of us can look each other square in the eye and say we kept our promises. We promised that we would protect the financial integrity of Social Security. We have. We promised that we would protect beneficiaries against any loss in current benefits. We have. And we promised to attend to the needs of those still working, not only those Americans nearing retirement, but young people just entering the labor force. And we've done that too. None of us here today would pretend that this bill is perfect. Each of us had to compromise one way or another. But the essence of bipartisanship is to give up a little in order to get a lot. And my fellow Americans, I think we've gotten a very great deal. A tumultuous debate about Social Security has raged for more than two decades in this country, but there has been one point that has won universal agreement. The Social Security system must be preserved. And rescuing the system has meant re-examining its original intent, purposes, and practical limits. The amendments embodied in this legislation recognize that Social Security cannot do as much for us as we might have hoped when the trust funds were overflowing. Time and again, benefits were increased far beyond the taxes and wages that were supposed to support them. In this compromise, we have struck the best possible balance between the taxes we pay and the benefits paid back. Any more in taxes would be an unfair burden on working Americans and could seriously weaken our economy. Any less would threaten the commitment already made to this generation of retirees and to their children. We're entering an age when average Americans will live longer and live more productive lives. And these amendments adjust to that progress. The changes in this legislation will allow Social Security to age as gracefully as all of us hope to do ourselves without becoming an overwhelming burden on generations still to come. So today, we see an issue that once divided and frightened so many people now uniting us. Our elderly need no longer fear that the checks they depend on will be stopped or reduced. These amendments protect them. Americans of middle age need no longer worry whether their career-long investment will pay off. These amendments guarantee it. And younger people can feel confident that Social Security will still be around when they need it to cushion their retirement. These amendments reaffirm the commitment of our government to the performance and stability of Social Security. It was nearly 50 years ago 
when under the leadership of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the American people reached a great turning point, setting up the social security system. FDR spoke then of an era of startling industrial changes that tended more and more to make life insecure. It was his belief that the system can furnish only a base upon which each one of our citizens may build his individual security through his own individual efforts. Today, we reaffirm Franklin Roosevelt's commitment that Social Security must always provide a secure and stable base so that older Americans may live in dignity. And now, before I sign this legislation, may I pause for a moment and recognize just a few of the people here who've done so much to make this moment possible. There are so many deserving people here today leaders of the Congress, all members of the Ways and Means and Finance Committees, and members of the Commission up in front here, that it would be impossible to recognize them all. But first, can I ask Alan Greenspan and members of the Commission, I was going to say to stand, but there are others that are also standing here, but the other members of the Commission to stand so that we can recognize them. Thank you. And their chairman, Alan Greenspan. And now, as a special treat, I would like to ask two of our leaders from Congress. First, step forward for a few words, Speaker of the House of Representatives, the Honorable Tip O'Neill. Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, my distinguished colleagues in government, this is indeed uh, a happy day. Uh, there are those uh, who would question as to whether or not the Social Security Bill was the most important bill that ever did pass the Congress of the United States. Others would say there were other acts, but I always believed the Social Security system was the greatest act that ever passed the Congress. It gave respect and it gave dignity to the golden age of America. This great country of ours has always gone on the theory that each generation pays for the generation before it. The golden ages of today are the ones who made America great. I want to congratulate the committee that the President appointed, that I appointed, that Senator Baker appointed. I want to congratulate the, uh, the Ways and Means Committee. Jake Pickle was the chairman of the subcommittee, Dan Rostenkowski, Bob O'Connell, all of the committee. Uh, Senator Pepper from the, the Aging Committee. All worked together on both sides of the aisle. It shows, as the President said, the system does work. This is a happy day for America. Thank you. Thank you. And now, the Majority Leader of the Senate, Senator Howard Baker. Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, my colleagues on the platform, and ladies and gentlemen, it is perhaps one of the littlest noticed but most important aspects of the civility of American government that on occasion we rise above politics, we rise above confrontation, and we address on a bipartisan basis the great challenges and issues that confront the Republic. Sometimes it's been on issues of war and peace. Sometimes it has been on issues of 
the rights and opportunities of minorities and individuals within our country. Once on the salvation of the Union itself. But there is a canny understanding in the American political system that sometimes there are issues that are more important than any of us, or perhaps all of us, taken together. The preservation of the Social Security system is one of those issues. And in the uniquely American way, those of us who participate in government, Republicans and Democrats together, public and private citizens, gathered together and subordinated our own views to those of the welfare of the majority. Mr. President, I commend you, sir. I commend the members of this commission. I commend my colleagues in the Congress, the committees directly involved, and those members who are so intimately involved in this sensitive political issue on a successful conclusion of another chapter in the real greatness of the American political system, that is, the subordination of our own particular political ambition in favor of the greater good. I thank you. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and thank all of you for being with us today. I know some of you have come long distances to participate in this ceremony. We have shared an historic moment, for in signing these amendments into law, we've restored some much-needed security to an uncertain world. And I am now going over and sign, and as you can notice how cold it is, 12 pens there. They're too cold, they can only sign one letter, each pen. <laughs> if my name came out to 13 letters, I would have misspelled it. made this a little difficult. <laughs> One gone. Hey, thank you. the W stand for, Mr. President? It's because I forgot to sign two Today, letters with one pen. What's the W stand for? Wilson. Wilson. <laughs>
two that we saved. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, two that we go. saved there. All right. Yes, <laughs> What do you do with these certificates? Where are you? 